Rainbow Wrap-Up is sponsored by Hawaii Sports Fans. Come join us for every UH football game on the road at hisportsfans.com. Aloha and welcome to another episode. Yes, another one of the Rainbow Wrap Up. It's bye week. We have to say bye to Las Vegas after a long day, but Ryan knows a little bit about that, so we got to bring him in. What's up, Ryan? <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, uh, I I can be there for your memory for the weekend. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever memories are still there, and of course. Our boy, Sean Iman. What's up, Sean? What's up, fellas? What's up, Warrior Nation? Well, we're a little Vegas out, so we're going to let whatever happened in Vegas definitely stay there. But um, that score, unfortunately, is following us uh, back to Hawaii. So we're going to talk about that, of course, that game. Uh, the Rebels uh, over- doubling up, plus a little, and then some on the Warriors. Ouch. But uh, we'll talk about that. We're also um, looking forward our predictions. Uh, we're still at a place where the four to five wins are possible, um, but we're going to need to definitely see a little bit of a change. Um, but the biggest story, I think, for all of us is uh, the passing of Coach Bob Wagner, Coach Wags. I was so, so privileged to have him on my show during the pandemic twice, not just once, but twice. And uh, he shared so many stories and he had just such a a, you know, a crazy memory to be able to just re- recall plays and precise moments on the clock and also just scenarios that his team was in when they played in, in games. And I encourage you to go back and watch those if you can. It's on our YouTube, Bob Wagner and our Facebook. Um, I'll share those as well. Um, but, you know, Sean. He, he, he didn't want to stop, right? He wanted to no. go overtime. He did it. He did it. He wanted to keep going. And he was I was running like, the triple option on your show. <laughs> <laughs> But for you, Sean, I mean, what when you hear about Bob Wagner, what what images come to mind? Uh, beating BYU, you know, he finally slayed the dragon. Uh, you know, that's I was a kid when all that stuff happened, and I just he he was he was a good coach, but like an even better person. So I I had the privilege, you know, to kind of get to know him later on through like Facebook and through your, your show. So I encourage people to, to watch that show. Um, you know, he had a good coaching tree, you know, he had Paul Johnson, Rich Ellerson, Kenny Niamatololo, Ivan Jasper come out from underneath him and, and go on to, to some, do some big things. So, yeah, I, I, he, he was a great guy. Um, we love, we love you coach Wagner. And, uh, it was a privilege and an honor to, have you as a coach what about you ryan how do you reflect on coach wagner you know it's kind of interesting uh you know me being i guess the younger out of the three of us um but you know a lot of the the memories i have were actually on my grandfather's vhs tapes Mm. and you know watching some of these games i remember there was even one you know that oregon game in i think it was 88 before i was even born we'll throw that one out there um you know, but it was just like some of the trick plays that was, a, you know, for me growing up was just, it was watching him coach. And, you know, even though most of these games, I was probably asleep by halftime, I was there at Aloha Stadium 
And, you know, but just seeing some of those, I remember, I think he was still around. I think that was his last year, like when they played Texas in 95. Um, one of mine that I used to, I, I know I watched this thing at least half a dozen times um, was Oregon in 88. Just, you know, watch, see my grandfather's handwriting on the VHS tape. And I remember that one, there's just one trick play that he ran was just, it was like a backwards bounce pass from the quarterback for a second throw from what? like a, a, from a receiver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't right. even know where this VHS tape is, but yeah, that's like one of the random things that I still have in my old Hawaii memory, you know, history bank. But yeah, I mean, he just like threw it off the turf for Loha Stadium, you know, backwards pass. And then there was a second, you know, and I can't remember if it was a long play or a touchdown, but just stuff like that, or just, you know, these random, like, you know, things you still have stuck in your head. Um, but yeah, just, you know, for me, he was, you know, obviously before like June Jones went crazy at UH, you know, with all of his success, he was our guy, you know, he was our head coach and he was our leader and success was, you know, easily what I would, you know, think about for him. And also like Sean was saying that continued into our Facebook group. I mean, he's, he was pretty, you know, he, he was there, he was, you know, talking a lot of stuff, but you could tell how good of a coach he was because of his comments, you know, it was never crazy into depth, but it was like enough where you could, you know, read it at maybe a fan level, but also understand it at, you know, maybe a, a previous player level as well, you know, and just being involved with everyone in our entire, you know, Hawaii Warrior Nation Facebook group. I think also with Coach Wagner, he was the prototypical guy from the mainland that we expected to conform to Hawaii, embrace Hawaii, and be himself, but also be a local guy at the same time or do what he can to embrace Hawaii. And he did it over and over and over and to the very end and living on the big island. Um, you know, one of his last jobs, obviously, being the AD at Kamehameha on the big island. He really embraced everything about us. And I had such an amazing time being able to talk with him. And I would, you know, encourage people to go back and listen because he, he does a really good job at, at contextualizing really where Hawaii was in the the grand scheme of things um, at the time, especially attendance wise, how well we were filling Aloha stadium. And uh, it's, it's, you know, it's crazy. We're losing a lot of those iconic parts of, of UH football history and it's changing UH football. It's almost erasing it in a lot of ways, which is really sad, but uh, coach Wagner just sending our love out to his family um, and also to all the alums that played under him, who I know are probably having a hard, you know, a hard time today because he meant so much to his players as well. And that's something we'll always remember. But for me, I definitely had to take a few moments for him today because it was just such a, <clears throat> a blow to hear about it too, because I, you know, he was getting older. He's 76, but it's not like he was yeah. super, super old, you know? And, um, I, I definitely had, hope that we would actually do some kind of programming with him or some kind of, you know, maybe an activity in the big island. I don't know. I, I really wanted him to be involved in some way with us still because he had just such a presence, but um, just like our, our boy Colt, you know, uh, we just have the memories, but um, you know, I just sending love out to all of warrior nation. Cause I know a lot of people have their own personal memories of coach Wagner um, as well. Um, but something that Coach Weiner really enjoyed talking about was beating Oregon and, and programs like that at that time. And, of course, we're not doing that these days. Um, mm. But Oregon, one of the stops, of course, along the way for the Warriors who have now 
um, played six games uh, and are two and four on the season, seven games left with a bye this week. Um, but like something we've been talking about every week we've been doing, uh, Ryan is taking the initiative to uh, find a charity, a nonprofit that uh, could benefit from a little bit of impact every week. And Ryan had a Las Vegas charity as well that he um, had selected. So we'll let him talk about that. Yeah. So, you know, obviously with UNLV and being in Vegas, I, I did find one that's called Project 150 and they they provide support and services for homeless, displaced and disadvantaged high school students. So just, you know, they're saying it, it, high school is tough enough. And, you know, for them, if they're looking for clothing or hygiene items, you know, school supplies, stuff like that. So that's what they do to support the community there. Um, and of course, you know, we're not forgetting about Maui at all. Um you know, I, ideally at the beginning, I was looking to try to really focus on, you know, individual families, but I did see something where the Maui Humane Society was struggling with some stuff this week. Um, they're just, they're so overloaded over there. So I decided to throw my donation to Maui, um, to the Humane Society. Um, you know, I, I can't imagine what the people are going through. And then in addition to, you know, you know, pets or family. Um, and yeah, that's, that's what the Humane Society is trying to do. And, you know, it's, they, they can, everyone needs help over there. So it's just finding, you know, different spots that you can, you know, figure out week to week where it really goes and, you know, it can go somewhere immediately. Angelos was talking about bringing another game over there, doing another game in Maui. Yeah. So we talked, oh, Maui. Yeah. I saw that. Um, well, it wasn't even Angelos. Mm -hmm. It was brought up to him. So you yeah. have to, it, <laughs> Angelos didn't bring it up. It was brought up to him. And he said, oh, right. I never really thought about you that. You need to look into it. Yes. Yeah. That's, mm -hmm. that's why I'm saying like, Yes, any an AD from Hawaii where had Hawaii ties probably would have thought about that a lot, you know. And he's newer to the job, obviously he's going to have to come around. But mm -hmm. that's why we talk about why it's important to have someone that can jump in head first and and being able to make hit the ground running, hit the ground yeah. running exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <sighs> With that being said, um, we're going to let you just go into your report card, Sean, because okay. you know you did your <laughs> homework. So Q ante <laughs> and Sean's report card. <laughs> All right, report card. I, I watched the game out at Big City Diner in YPO. A bunch of locals they get together for the game, so that was fun. The offense, uh, C minus. Defense, D. Special teams, B. Coaching, D. Very stubborn game plan. It's very disappointing. Ultimate Warrior, uh, Stephen McBride. And what's the definition of insanity? So that's my report card. <laughs> <laughs> uh ryan any any quick observations anything you disagree with on his report card and you where you want to be more you know, it it literally just felt like the same thing last week it's just that the team we we're playing was a lot better uh we started slow in the first half and it kind of looked a little embarrassing and then yeah the second half offense came we'll call it a little bit more alive helped by that one trick play but other than that yeah just same result as a lot of our other games this year. So and I, I heard that I heard that yeah, Timmy scripts the first five plays and like we're averaging one point one yard a play on our opening drive this season. So it's just it's not working. Whatever. Well, I also heard he's calling all the plays and it has been since the beginning of the year, and I've got from a pretty good inside source. So I think that shows that he 
has some inexperience. And, you know, I think that's what's showing is to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not just, you know, obviously picking up a controller and picking plays on Madden or something. It's also like understanding game flow. And that's why being an offensive coordinator or just calling plays, which basically he is, he's the head coach and basically the head offensive coordinator. He has two other OCs, but you know, the macro level approach to the game, how we're going to win the game and, and, and objectively shouldn't be the same every game. Cause we're not playing the opponents the same every game, right? If you played in college, any sport, for instance, yeah. you know, I play volleyball, but it doesn't matter. I play basketball and volleyball. It, whatever we plan. played against, we just game plan mm-hmm. against mm-hmm. that focuses on the, who were specific individuals where we'll have mismatches. Mm-hmm. And also what we're going to do differently, that what we're going to emphasize this game. Tonight, I just came from LAFC, of course. I'm drunk. We finally won the game. But there's clearly an emphasis that the coach said, just, you know, we need striking more. Like, you can tell when a team comes in and they're like, they've been practicing this all week because all of a sudden they want to do it all the time. And it's like, you know, that's because you need to adopt and uh, and adjust as as the season goes. And I think for Coach Chang, when you talk about his inexperience or his stubbornness, I think it's just a lot of inexperience. It's like not having to face these scenarios on his own or being the, the person in charge. And it's harder when you don't have veteran guys. Like even Mouse Davis was on June yeah, Jones' June staff. staff. Yeah. Even the guy brain. that invited yeah. the invented the actual offense was on the staff. You can always find people that have just that that time spent calling plays or being in – Parts being in scenarios in a game in which teams were down by a certain margin or by by which, um, you know, a player is injured. And now we need to change up the game plan. Like it's like playing chess, right? It's like whatever the opening and second moves are, you the best chess players don't just rely on on the same strategy. They have to continually adjust because there's so many moving parts. And that's why we always call it a chess game in football as well or any game because there's so many moving parts. It's like. You have to you have to like put out one fire maybe and then put out another one. But you know, and and with Coach Chang, I don't think the fires on defense necessarily he like, you know, we talked about that's not really his thing either, but he's the head coach. And, you know, I think for him, we do have the emphasis on offense. So I don't blame too much on the defense. I don't think he needs to spend the, that yeah, much time. The defense, on defense has some injuries. There are some dudes. Tons out. of injuries. The defense yeah. has yeah. Tons of injuries, tons of yeah. injuries. Yeah. Let's be honest. So I think the defense, in my opinion, can can get a little bit slack off because a lot of what UNLV was doing was just the overpowering. Which they, they're a better team. They had better players, you know, and they mm-hmm. had a better you know attack and a, and a better game plan, really. And I think that's that to me is why it is frustrating. I think for people in Hawaii because this has always been one of those games that we can we can be the guys that that overpower UNLV. I mean, come on, it's just UNLV. But now that it's really turned, it's, it's tipped the scale at least to their side a little bit. And every time we scored in this game, they had an answer. So that's the sign of a team that is usually better where it's just like, they need to just put their foot on the accelerator and stop messing around. Well, I think too, that there was, there was the, this was the game. If we were going to go to the Hawaii bowl, we kind of needed to steal this game to kind of set us up for that. And it's like, now, you know, now that's gone and kind of got a real up uphill battle the rest of the way. So yeah, not only that, yeah. just how we looked, you know, we didn't look competent at all. So, 
Yeah, I think that, you know, thinking about the game overall, what really worries me at this point in the season two was towards the end, whether it was late third quarter, you know, early in the fourth, I'm seeing guys that were slow to line up. Maybe they were, you know, I, I get it if you're tired, and you know, but this is like, what, there's no sense of urgency. And uh-huh. if you're fighting to win the game, because that's what, you know, Timmy's really been preaching. You know, he just wants guys who are going to go out and give it their all for all four quarters. And when you're starting to see that, you know, looking at some of the post-game comments, uh, what some certain players are saying, that's what's starting to worry me. Because, you know, there's going to be frustration. You know, we understand that it's, you know, we struggle. Wait, you are know, you are you specifically talking about any comments? Are you, are you are, was there some like um, a, a certain uh, Cincinnati Bengal receiver made some comments to the last game? Are, are we talking about like in that vein sort of comments? What are you I mean, if, if you look at a box score and a recap, there was, this, you know, We'll, we'll put it out there. I mean, our quarterback says he's super frustrated about a lot of things. And, you know, for me, your quarterback is your leader. And, you know, there's there's got to be a more sense of urgency when it's getting up to the yes. line, getting your team set. And, you know, I, I think it's also tough, too. I think that, you know, when you look at the run and shoot in the past, we've always had things like a, a quick dump and outlet or something to just kind of average things out. And when you're trying to catch up, you can't go deep 30, 40 yards every play. Your receivers are going to get tired even if you swap them out. And, you know, you have to find that little balance. And that's where I think in the past we've seen it, you know, with June Jones and things like shovel passes and screens and stuff like that, even when you're trying to come back down two or three scores. Um, But yeah, there's definitely some frustration there. And I I understand that too. I think as fans are frustrated, Um, you know, and we know the players are too. You know, no one hate no one likes to lose obviously right and hopefully that everyone is there for a reason and it's too like they want to like they say and they preach right get better every day every day better right so yeah hopefully there there's something that you know we get a little bit of break maybe we get some people back over this bye week and you know we'll see how they go in a week and a half was Shager got sacked what six times yeah, again? six times that, and that's why i'm sure yeah. that's that's probably where the frustration comes six mm-hmm. But you know what? He is also holding on to the ball way too long. He is seeing that pressure come right up in front mm-hmm. of him, and yet he still holds on to the ball, which is frustrating to me. Throw the damn ball away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. We, when it's how about many times timing. are we are we at second and 19? We're starting to drive second and 19. Yep. And with absolutely no chance of converting that. And it's happening over mm-hmm. and over and over again. So yeah. Well, the thing is, yeah. too, yeah. I was going to say, it's just, it's a big danger that he's taking these long sacks, you know, these seven, nine, 10 yard sacks are what's really worrisome. You know, it's one thing that, Hey, a quarterback steps up in the pocket and gets sacked for three or four yard loss. But the fact that he's scrambling, going back and losing that extra yards, I think is a little more cause for concern. I think what's also something that's crazy to me is looking at the opposite side. Not only does UNLV have allowed no sacks, but their quarterback is a Polynesian <laughs> kid. <laughs> like ours is a Texas kid. I'm not saying that it is what it is. We support Shager. You can support anybody wherever you come from. But there is something to be said about a day in which we are seeing more kids from Hawaii that have played Hawaii high school football that are now playing Division One, and yet we don't have one on our pro on our team at Hawaii. Like. They exist. I know we lost out in a Nevada quarterback, a certain, uh, you know, St. Louis Mm -hmm. quarterback. But it's strange to me that, you know, we haven't had that success in the portal. Because 
looking forward in terms of how we're going to dig ourselves out of this hole because I don't think it's just going to be the players currently and Coach Chang getting better because, yeah, I think Coach Chang will improve. I think he has to improve. That's just natural. But the players, I don't know if we have enough right now that we can, you know, make take a real shot at a bowl season. And that's the thing is, like, you want to be able to go into a game confident that you have the bulls to run and that's going to be built from the transfer portal portal obviously it's it's traditionally been juco right but i in my opinion need to see some big time names like I, and i think this last recruiting class we like we said we have some guys that you know we'll, maybe we'll see develop but we need guys to come in that's what the transfer portal is it means you can play right away it's not we can't wait anymore. Mm-hmm. They need players at every position, legitimately every position. Mm-hmm. Maybe running back were good for you, Sean, because you are calling for an extension at the beginning of the year. Um, <laughs> specifically, I, I mean, what do you think they need to do um, in the offseason? I mean, this is a year. I like we said, we're not probably not going to go mm-hmm. to a bowl game this year, which is fine because yeah. I picked four wins, and I hope we get to four wins. I think if. In my opinion, if we don't get the four wins, um, then coach is on the hot seat, in my opinion, um, yeah. just because we don't have time as much anymore. We need to see improvement. And do you think we're seeing improvement from last year to this year? Uh, well, it's a loaded question. Um, I'm thinking Timmy probably needs some more support, like uh, veteran coaching I think he he needs some some older guys that you know some run and shoot guys on on staff that could, he could benefit from. You know, like we were talking off air about how June had Mouse, he had Dan Morrison. You know, I think Timmy. Oh, could we brought that up on air for our our, our listeners. You know, <laughs> but, we wouldn't but, leave those gems off. But no, you're right. But, you're right. And what mm-hmm. do we talk about? Sun God leaving this year too. Just having that presence. He yeah. wasn't yeah, the, He was he was the vet. He was the only vet. Well, him mm-hmm. and Abe, and they're both gone. So mm-hmm. t- Timmy's here with a you know a, a bunch of young guys. So I, I think we definitely need some older, more experienced coaching. Um, I, I just think that uh, he needs. I, I feel like he's got decent players. I, I think he needs help with the game planning. Game flow charting. I I just I I don't it, the first half this year they've been atrocious, nothing short of atrocious, and you dig yourself out twenty to zero twenty to three hole, and it's hard. It's hard to dig yourself out of that. Ryan um, also said that, and I'm just going. To, he didn't say it. He typed it, and I'm going to tell the world what he typed. But he put. And someone needed to be fired after this game. So sorry, Ryan. (laughs) Um, But I'm not going to say who, but what did you mean by that? I just, I I don't feel like we're we're coming up prepared. And I don't even know if it's, you know, specific position coaches or we just, we don't look competent at at, all in a lot of times. You know, it's one thing to say, okay, if we were two and four and everything was like a one score game and we were looking good, but you know, there's there's a lot of things that you can learn from middle school and high school that you should already know in college. And I've you know preached and talked about this in, in previous podcasts as well. And, and it comes to things like 
you know, if they're blitzing both outside linebackers, one of your slots needs to just stop right there at Hold five yards or, just, or yeah. slant or something. Just there's got to be something. All these little things that I see that I remember learning in seventh grade or even an outlet for the running back, you know, just on the offensive side, something like that, you know, um, defensively, I, I think we're actually getting to some spots. We just can't wrap up and tackle. I mean, there were dozens of missed tackles throughout the game. Um, so, you know, the guys are getting there and I think that, you know, their, their, their lines or routes aren't too bad, you know? Um, but yeah, I just think that the, I feel like we're the basics and techniques are what we're really missing right now. I think from a scheme wise, you know, I, I think the run and shoot was a pipe dream, um, you know, going to offense, simplifying, you know, out stops, you know, slides, posts, going back to some of the easier basics. stuff, mm-hmm. basics. And, and, you know, even in the first quarter, right. If, you know, you talk about trying to get Shager on a rhythm throwing, you know, that's how you beat defensive yeah. lines that are going to beat your offensive line. You get the ball out quick. You know, we, we talk about cold all the time. You look at Timmy, you know, they got the ball out quick when they needed to. And, you know, they're going to throw picks. They're going to, you're going to have a lot of times when you and your receiver are on the same page, but I just, I don't necessarily, and maybe it's, it's more my trust of the entire coaching staff as a whole. I just, I don't know. I feel like we're trying to maybe get too cute with something sometimes. And, you know, when you, sometimes when you just go back to your textbook and your basics, I think that's where you can be successful and really build your program up from there. Well, with that being said, that's why we I said we needed a trick play every week, and we finally used one, and we scored a touchdown. And it worked. I in know. In the third quarter. Yeah. In the third quarter. Yes. And then, and that's the thing. UNLV scored right on the very next possession, and that is kind of like backbreaking as well. And, and you know, it's hard because I, I think our defense needs more players. They, they have a lot of injuries, and it's – they I, I don't think they can be anticipated to – expected to keep up as much. And they held – UNLV to some pretty mediocre field positioning. It's just that UNLV's kicker could kick from literally anywhere on the that field. That was a so, big boy. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, that that's impressive. So I, I just think we need to, like you said, maybe it is the basics, Ryan, but maybe it's not the basics of the running shoe. Maybe it's like the basics of running, like running powers, <laughs> like running I, I traps. I don't understand why we're on defense. You miss three tackles. The guy, you know, the running back gets down the field for 20 yards. Why, why are we yapping at them? I, I just, it's really irritating to me to see that time and time again. It's like, you know, you're losing by 20. Just be quiet. You know, your, your teammates missed three tackles. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> and that's the it thing. It feels I a we... lot like the old teams of like when my grandparents used to complain, you know, <laughs> those standard hawaii teams right no yeah well and june had those guys too but we had better we were a better team and that's the thing is like you need to at least like win a lot of you you should at least be a better team before you're gonna start you know whipping it out like that and yeah that's that's discipline yeah and that's but i i I think i think that in timmy's and kind of back to original that frustration the original point was about the lack of really high level talent that can take over a game i think that mcbride and and ashlock especially when you're running them uh, you know out on the flat together on the wings together like make you know running routes uh, together like you're going to be able to um 
create a lot of mismatches and and confusion for GBs. And we saw that in New Mexico State game. That's that's kind of what we were doing. And then we saw in this game, Steve McBride had two long passes. We got into the red zone and we couldn't convert. We couldn't. We had to settle for a field goal. We didn't even get a single yard after that. So it's just like kind of keeping that flow. That's a perfect point where it's like when we used to have like Alex Green or something. It's like that's when you start handing it off to him or shovel passing zone. to him. <laughs> you know, and that's the thing is like I think that he's going to have to in this offseason pluck some – pluck a kid from a power five who – was second or third string that's frustrated that has one or two years left, maybe just one year wants to get filmed from the NFL. Like that's the, that's the guys that we need to take chances on. And um, they're, they exist. Like we had 20% of all players were transfers. It's going to be more after this year, even with them closing it. That's also news. They're shortening the window to from 60 days to 45 days to in the transfer portal um to to make the transferring which will which will help coaches to decide more but it's not going to stop kids from getting going in they're still going to go in and kids are pretty you know they can go in we got a tight end try and enter the portal the other week so yeah so we already had you know so uh, it's not surprising every school is going to have it happen but also with our situation we're going to have our best kids are going to try and go to a power five not even are so we need to try and like i said bring those power five kids down the ones that know that um you know it didn't work out maybe they went to i don't know tennessee like like schools like we never get guys from wake forest or something like florida state like like schools that you never see like we need to be able to have the ability to go in there like the georgia state coach yeah like it is like now mcbride came from kansas i mean that's that's exactly but we need to have more of them like a lot more um and it's possible but that's going to be from a coach that also has the ability to recruit names as well mm-hmm. i'd also like to get some game tape on our backup quarterbacks i, <laughs> I don't know what the heck's going on there like if our dude's going to just sit back there and get hit like a pinata why don't we look at some other guys see how they handle the pressure and just get some game tape on yelling yeah, I mean, who's, you know. who's the other one Farrell, I mean, you've got yeah, Farrell. Morris. Yeah. Why Morris. not give Morris an entire series? I yeah. think that, you know, he's dynamic, you know, he's got a decent arm, but he can run. Yep. You know, going back a little bit to this, I don't know, Sean, if you remember this, but we had that call the coach before last season. Remember my mm-hmm. quote unquote idea next to with Timmy and our buddy Timmy Long? Yeah. Uh, talking about let's, you know, you kind of have to moneyball it. You have to find these two, three star players and pick them off from these second, third string, you know, P5 teams. And that's where you got to build. And then when you really got to hammer your, you know, your own state and say, hey, this is how we want to play. And, you know, you want to play in front of your family and your friends and stay home. And I don't know if that's like, you know, if that idea is just totally gone out of the program, if that's even potentially possible, if that's a sell anymore, or, you know, you know, can that even happen? But at the same time, I think that's where you got to go. Like Wayne's saying, you got to pull guys from these other teams, um, you know, who aren't playing and say, Hey, you want to play? Here you go. And you got to build a team around there. But I think that having more of a mix of locals and trying to get, you know, that, that whole stay home concept. But then you look at it too. And a lot of our coordinators and our coaching staff, you know, they're new, they're transplants. They've been here for two years now, you know? So what, how are you going to do that? Right. You know, Timmy can't go to 10 high schools at once. And even then, you know, 
he has some connections there. I mean, everyone knows your Kahuku's and your, you know, Milanis at this point and everything like that. But, you know, where are you going to find guys from maybe Westside and Waianae or, you know, who knows where, right? Maybe guys from Kalani. I don't know. They started the season 3-0 and before they lost the last yeah. couple games in a row. So, but, there, you know, that that's the thing. I, I think that's a thought of just you got to find these these random guys. And, and that's what June was one of the best at, if not the best, you know. The JUCOs finding guys, I mean, you know, who needed that second chance and wanted the best. And that yeah. turned out to be, you know, some of the best players in our program. And that's going to be seven or eight quarterbacks. And, and that's and that's what I said. June was doing that before the transfer portal even existed. It was so much harder back then mm-hmm. to get a guy into your mm-hmm. program. Now, willy nilly guys are entering the portal and you can just snatch them up. But that's really where Coach Shine's going to have to earn his any his extension if he lasts till next year, which I think that most likely he will. But I think that if we didn't win any more games the rest of the year, that he'll definitely will have people looking. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, even if we win only one more game, he'll be on the hot seat. But I think if we win no more games, which is a possibility too, because the two easiest opponents, quote unquote, that we play are, are on the road. So that's going to make it harder. Um and and Coach Chang has yet to win on the road. That's true. That's true. He hasn't won a road game yet. So that mm-hmm. that's true. That's something we haven't even talked about. That's a good stat to bring up because we're expecting these games are going to be the easiest games, but he has yet to win the, on the road. Um, and, and and for him too, I, I, I yeah, I, I I think that he definitely will need some of the the experience over the of the off season as well like but not to hammer the in-game and the coaching essentials it's just having that ability to recruit because even john wood needed to recruit good players like he even said he needed to have like kareem abdul-jabbar like he needed to get good players to become you know the coaches as great as they are like popovich when I watched this first this past year there, I was like, wow, it is a you can appreciate how good of a coach he is, but their team was not. They had no good players. They're not gonna win anything mm-hmm. in the NBA. But it's mm-hmm. like he made his name off of obviously Tim Duncan and, and David Robinson and Manu and they won the lottery. Guys. Go back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but like he needed to have good players. Like there's not one coach that we can say there wasn't like a great player behind. So I think that. Coach Chang is going to have to like really pull out some trump cards next year, like some studs, like some guys that are just like, wow, how did you land him kind of a type? And um, it has to be impact players. It can't be guys that we need a year to develop. Like we don't have time. Like, and next year he really has no time. Like he really needs to yeah. Have yeah. field guys that are going to be able to <clears throat> make impacts. I mean, and even with guys like McBride and Pofelli, now that they're starting to get comfortable and whatever and and become a lot more uh, a part of the offensive scheme those guys we need to start having them on you know end arounds and like those jet sweeps and anything to get that their hands that the ball in their hands and i think that's something that um i don't know if coach chang is yet like maybe he's unwilling to do some deviations away from what he's had planned all this time. But I also think he needs to continually put wrinkles in. And he is, he is. At least he put in the check play. Um, and we're starting to see, I don't know if we're still motioning the guy in the backfield, but uh, that was go- that was effective. I don't know why we were doing that against New Mexico State. 
uh, running the the H back in in motion are are the um, yeah um, you know so I think there are things that are still being toyed with, but it's just hard because we don't really have practice time. We don't have a preseason. It's like every game counts, and now is too late. Now the conference season has begun. We have to have an identity, and when we don't, so. But uh, we do have a bye week for guys to get rested and for guys to um, and for fans to take a break from. I'm glad I needed a break. Yeah, I need a reset. <laughs> like I, I'm I'm frustrated. Well, you know, you can watch Wahine uh, volleyball, but, you know, Ryan was frustrated with that. Actually, we were all frustrated with that, but it was cool. We got to watch the Wahine play and in the Cal together and. Um, the night before the game. So that was fun to be in Vegas. Uh, we didn't talk about our fish ball experience yet, but we did a <laughs> Hawaii sports fans excursion where <laughs> the Garifuna, what are they called again? There are these fish that um, from Turkey or <laughs> yeah. Turkey and they, they're the nibble fish and they, Jeez. they bite <laughs> and they, well, it looked like, you know, you're supposed to like have them bite around your feet, but they were like in all of my leg hair. So it's, I just kept giving them what they, they wanted. They they eat the dead skin, right? They yeah. eat the dead skin off your yeah. feet. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think I would kill those fish with my feet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, it was very interesting. I think we'll, we'll definitely thank Fuchsia for the experience. I don't know yes. if I would do that again. <laughs> And it was um, Fuchsia's birthday too. So yes. Friday before the game, happy birthday to Fuchsia. And she got all everything she wanted, including a run up uh, Red Rock, which I had to participate in as well. But, oh. you know, that's just a part of my duties. Um, oh. But, you know, shout out to Fuchsia, of course, for another year. And when you get to have a birthday during football season, UH football season, you always get special memories as well. Um, so that's cool to to have. So shout out to those the September and now our October folks, Libra folks, you know. So I'm sure we're gonna have to hear a lot about birthdays. But like we said, we got a bye week this week. So if it's your birthday, you can celebrate and without having to worry about UH football putting a damper on the situation. Um, but yeah. you know, <laughs> with that being said, I think we still had a good time in Vegas. Ryan did. Um, I know that Sean, um, you know, Sean, you're going to be there at San Diego State, right? So you're, you at least have a week. To yeah, and, and we get, we get chats. Like they're, they're not doing so great themselves. I, I see a lot of them Aztec fans complaining on Twitter. So, or yeah. X. On X, yes. On, <laughs> yeah. um, soon it's just going to be called Musk. So, <laughs> it's very musky in there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Did you? I don't know if you guys read today, but his uh, his banks, the, his lenders are actually considering taking it back from him because oh, uh, their investments are. I mean, I don't know how that works on on a large takeover like that, but that is the rumor on X actually that I was reading from a few different um, sources. So there's just they've been having meetings about it. It'll be interesting. I mean, they're not gonna get. What did he pay for? Thirty-four billion or something? I yeah, mean, forty-four. Forty-four like billion eight. <laughs> for that yeah, app, it, like, know. honestly, I mean, mm-hmm. it is what it is. What like forty percent of what he paid for it right now? That's so, so sad. <laughs> oh. But anyways, that's another episode of the Rainbow Wrap Up. We're gonna see you next week again. Enjoy the bye week and go Bows. Go see you Bows. next. Bows.
So what's so different about Hawaii sports fans? Hey guys, this is Wayne Cueto, and that's a question I get asked a lot, and it's a fair one. There are a lot of great local companies that will take you on the road, get you game tickets, transportation, airfare, and hotel. Yes, we can do all of that too. But the difference here is an extra layer of detail, an extra layer of personalization, an extra layer of premium amenities and adventure that you can't get anywhere else. Starting with our group size, we usually never go above 24, usually around 12 to 15, and sometimes only two to four even. It doesn't matter. Whatever size, we're going to give you that experience. We're going to give you a foodie adventure. We're going to make every moment count. There's no dead time. And of course, you're always going to be well-fed and always eating very good stuff. I can just guarantee you that. But here at Hawaii Sports Fans as well, we want to make you feel like family always. And that's something that is hard to do for most companies. But we're proud to do it here. We can't wait to have you on the road. Join us at HISportsFans.com. Rainbow Wrap-Up is sponsored by Hawaii Sports Fans. Come join us for every UH football game on the road at HISportsFans.com.